2: welcome to another episode of happy mum happy baby the podcast today's guest is a journalist a presenter and she's a host of her own show she's a mother of one and i found out some really interesting facts about you actually oh, uh, no. <laughs> a champion irish dancer and at 19 you won the young engineer for britain award
3: it's steph mcgovern What on earth? Oh, I know, but, you know, I think I'm typically one of those people, Giovanna, who, like you know has to have a go at everything you yeah. know so and, I, and I've always been quite competitive as well so like I did dancing for years because I'm from an Irish family and so did Irish dancing loved it and was like at competitions all the time and things so and there weren't that many people doing it when I was doing it so right. I'm not sure I'd be a champion if I was doing it now given Riverdance and Lord of the Dance and everything else there's loads of good good dancers now Uh, It's amazing, I literally, like, researching you, for want of a better word, I was kind of like, what, what? (laughs) I know, it's so random. And it's one of those things as well where it's like, can you still do it? And whenever me, and especially when I'm with my mates who 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 were dancers with me, we literally, every year we always get at a party, right, girls, can you dance? And we're all like, all right, put <laughs> our drinks down, rock out a few steps that we've always done. It doesn't uh, sound but, yeah. like you
2: need much convincing.
3: No, we don't actually. We're like, when are they going to ask us? When are they going to ask
2: us? <laughs> Preparing the day before, right, if I do yeah. this to four counts, then you do that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this probably is what we're like. <laughs> so,
2: well, did you have a happy uh, upbringing? Like, were you constantly going around doing lots of dancing? Did you yeah. have siblings?
3: Yeah, no, so I'm an only child and so I had a really desperate need to want to be with other people all the time. You know, I was, uh, my mum and dad, brilliant, but like it's boring when you're on your own, you know. I only ever got to play board games at Christmas because that's (laughs) when I could convince them to like, play with me on those types of games but no it was brilliant because because I was doing dancing I was constantly at dance classes and then my mum and dad bless them were like driving me around to different dance competitions in the region and then you know we did quite well and we ended up traveling quite a bit so and I just love going like for the fun of it because I it when you're in that dancing world there's no like no one cares what your background is or what your mum and dad do as a job and I really felt like that like no one knew whether we had money or we didn't it was just all about whether you were a good dancer or not and Mm. I quite like that bubble of Not knowing, like, and not caring about money and who's posher than who. And it was quite a leveler, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, which was really good as a kid because then it didn't matter to me. I wonder if that's quite, that's a thing across all
2: types of creative things because when you're in that bubble of creating something, it's all about in that moment and how you all connect and stuff. And then it's when other people come out from, like, external friends, you're like, oh, Actually, you're like that. I
3: didn't I didn't know yeah. that side of you at yeah. all. I think, actually, that really helped me as a child, just bring in such a mix of people. I had mates who were, you know, brummy accents, mates with scouse accents or whatever, and occasionally at these competitions, which once every couple of months, you would be all together in a kind of melting pot and it was just really good for teaching me as a kid that there's different people out there they've got different voices and actually we're all the same some are better dancers than others but that's okay and you know that was a really good way of teaching me about difference I think yeah without it being intimidating because I'm you know from a pretty working class background, and it, I didn't feel like we didn't have money. I, quite the opposite. I thought it was a luxury that I got to go to these competitions yeah. and stuff. So were you, yeah, were but, you close to your mum and dad? Yeah, I mean we're we're like a we're, I don't, we're a funny mix. Me, and my mum, and my dad because we're quite different. So I, you you might not believe this, but they're quite quiet, <laughs> you know, and I've always been gobby and. The one who chats to everyone. They and basically and- gave you the space to talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't give him a chance for them <laughs> to talk probably. But yeah, no, they were always... I mean, my dad's really creative and my dad's quite different in terms of how he looks and everything because he's arty, so he's an artist and he's like always wearing wacky clothes and things. And, you know, he paints on his clothes. So he, and as a kid, I was a bit embarrassed about that. You know, our house has got loads of like, sculptures and things in it that my dad had made and I used to be a bit like oh god no kids are gonna gonna wanna come around the house because we've got like all these freaky things around and now as an adult I'm like wow that's so cool like he painted on a pair of converse for me recently that's like ah. an image of like Icarus falling out of the sky and I was like oh my god that's brilliant but as a kid I was like no dad I don't want to be different I don't want to be different <laughs> um so yeah so it's funny again like that that probably taught me it was okay to be different in yeah. a funny way. So yeah, it's weird, isn't it? What you kind of learn from your your parents, well, especially without even like without even, th- like, without even yeah. knowing. Yeah, exactly. Like the kind of subtle things that m- must get implicit or whatever get taught to you is, and you don't realise it. And that kind of helps you in your later life of being more open minded. Yeah, yeah. And was there any point when
2: you were younger that you thought about? being a mum and what that would look like and having your own family?
3: Yeah, but, do you know, I think I was quite pessimistic in the sense of I didn't know if I ever would be, like, meet someone and be lucky enough and and all of that. I kind of knew from an early age that I was quite career-driven. Right. And I just thought, I'm going to be... A career woman and you kind of I think I kind of told myself and I don't know if other people might do this as well kind of going you're one or the other aren't you well I think
2: that's the thing though that you know certainly like 10 20 years that is what it was one or the other either a career woman and you're kind of cut off and cold and you know you don't have a maternal bone in your body or you are mother earth and you're at home with your kids and that's your role like whereas there is a massive crossover now where basically we're all just trying to do everything yeah totally
1: (laughs) which is like
3: mind-blowing but yeah do you know I think though as well you know I've had such a good career I've done so many great things and I never would have thought I'd have achieved what I have done and I you know I totally feel blessed by for Mm. that but I have worked hard for it you know I think there's a I, women often go oh I was so lucky oh, and yeah I, I was lucky word. yeah all the but time. I made my luck and you've made yeah. your luck and and we all have we've not just had it handed to us on a plate but I think seeing my friends like my mates who've you know my best mates and my my home girls the you know the girls I grew up with the girls I dance with I don't have like loads of celebrity friends or anything everyone's just normal yeah. and uh and I think seeing them and them to have families and they always looked at me like, Steph, look at your glamorous life. You've been to interview the prime minister, you whatever, done this and that. And I used to look at their lives and go, oh man, I just crave that kind of homely Being with a baby and having a child and watching them develop and knowing that where you are every night, because I never did. I was always travelling with work. And so it's funny how you often look at your friends and think about the things they've got and Mm -hmm. how you'd love to have that. And then I know that they're looking at me thinking, I'd love a bit of her glamorous life or whatever, even though we all know it's not as glamorous as everyone thinks. Did you ever (laughs)
2: vocalise that? Did you ever have chats with them about
3: actually? Yeah. Yeah. I did, yeah. And I think my friends are, like, totally key to my success in my career because they have kept me grounded. Mm. And I think they have, if I'm honest with you, at times they've said to me, do you know what, Steph? You've been a bit of a knob. <laughs> and, you know, you've been a bit of a TV knob. Like, yeah. and, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. And I remember one of my mates saying that to me and thinking literally I hadn't seen it in myself and I'm so glad you've said that to me because you're right I have just said a few things that make me sound like a tv knob so I'm like I'm grateful that you've said that and and I think that's really important to me and it's really important to me now as a mum to give our child as normal a life as possible so that she doesn't Become a TV knob. Yeah. <laughs> either. What I think is, I will keep saying knob the whole way through. Right, this. We'll be, <laughs> there'll be a knee on this now.
2: It's fine. It's explicit, but we'll <laughs> just keep saying knob the whole way through. Um, <laughs> I think it's that thing of being self-aware, isn't it? Like just yeah. being aware of what. And I don't know. I don't know whether that's the journalist side of you. Then that's kind of very aware of, of what people are giving you and how that's perceived. So therefore, yeah. you've got to have a bit of self-awareness as
3: well. Yeah, and I think as a journalist the best way to get things out of people is if you're, you know, they feel comfortable and you're approachable Mm. and you feel like a friend to them and you feel normal to them. And so, you know, most of the people I interview are are very normal people who might've had extraordinary things happen to them. And therefore you want to make sure that they feel totally comfortable in, in talking to you and not intimidated. You know, like I think the biggest compliment is when someone says, yeah, I'd go for a pint with her. And mm. I'm like, that's amazing. I'm not bothered if I'm not the sexy presenter or I'm yeah. not the... Doesn't mean I anything. Really, yeah, just I'd love to go for a pint with her. I'm like, happy days. That If that's... <laughs> so at what point, so from looking at your mates and
2: kind of going, oh, I'd love that. Yeah. How did you then take the plunge and kind of go, do you know what, actually, I do have this career, but I'd quite like a family as well.
3: Yeah, well, it was because I got to a point where I just thought... Um, it was before I was with my partner, and I just thought, I'm at an age now, I'm 38 now, and it was kind of at the age of about 35. I thought, right, I'm well aware of the old, you know, ticking clock. And I had enough friends who were kind of having, you know, struggling to conceive and things. And I just thought to myself, I kind of need to do something. Do I, I don't know, freeze my eggs yeah. or what do I do? And so I started looking into all of that and thinking it might be time to freeze my eggs until I work out what I'm going to do or at least start that process to see what my fertility level is like mm. because that's the thing isn't it and I say that to everyone now who's vaguely thinking about having a baby I'm like just go and see what the state of plays with your eggs if you can you know if you can if you're on your own just go and see and so yes yeah, so it got to that point and then me and my partner got together and uh, we'd been friends for a long, long time as well before we got together. And so she knew all about this, that yeah. I was thinking about what to do. And then we got together and she was like, why don't we just go for it? And we hadn't even been together that long. And I was like, do you reckon? She was like, yeah, well, what's, what, what's stopping us? And so then we decided we would have a baby and, uh, and, and then was we it did. Was it hard and deciding then... who would have, the, like would carry the baby? No. No, it was, yeah, it was always going to be me. In fact, I think actually, it's funny, isn't it? Because that's the bit I didn't want to do. I I actually thought, (laughs) oh, I'm not fussed about being pregnant. And um, then when I was, I actually, apart from the morning sickness, oh man, like that was horrendous. And and I just, I still can't look at the co-op logo because (laughs) I I once threw up in the vegetable aisle of the co-op. And, and now I can't even, and it was really awkward because a new co-op opened on our street and I was like, I can't even look at it, I have to cross over. <laughs> go to buttons, I, go to buttons. Yeah, I was, I was like, oh, I can't <laughs> even look at it. Um, so that was horrendous, but then, like, kind of after that, then I loved it. I felt really fit because I wasn't drinking and I yeah. and I thought I would hate that and I did hate it a bit, but I got used to it and then I just... And I was so fit and my favourite ever photo of me is when I went to the TV Choice Awards and it was literally about three or four weeks before I had the baby and... It's the best photo of me ever because I know that I look really healthy. Mm-hmm. I'd been going to the gym towards the end and I, I, fortunately I was quite neat and everything. And uh, yeah, and I just was like, I love that photo. And also I had an excuse for having a pot belly. <laughs> and really <I> was like, <laughs> it really for the first time, I wasn't holding my stomach in like I do on every other you know other what? Photo.
2: I really felt that when I was pregnant with Buzz. I felt like before that, I'd always questioned my weight, I always felt too big, too whatever. And then there's something about being pregnant. All of a sudden I felt like, this is my body. I am strong. I am woman. And this is amazing. It is something, even just anything, I just felt so womanly
3: and proud walking around. Yeah, it does. It is. It's true that, isn't it? I mean, at times you can feel horrendous and you're like, Mm. get it out of me. But (laughs) there is that sense of like, it's a license to say, I feel fab, like, okay, there's, you know, we all know there's times when you don't feel fab, but it also makes you feel like, wow, look what my body can do. Yeah. Because I I don't know if you had this, but I had this constant anxiety the whole way through that I was going to muck it up. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, you know, I remember my partner saying... We were on holiday and she was like, you know, you can have like a little shandy or whatever. And I was like, I can't because if this, if anything happens, I'll never forgive myself. And I've got a friend as well who... Who did have a drink early on in the pregnancy because she didn't know she was pregnant? Mm. I remember you and I were talking about this yeah. on the show, weren't we on my show? And um, she, her son, came out and needed glasses, and she's like, "I'm still convinced <laughs> he needs glasses because I drank at the beginning." I'm like, "That's so oh not true," gosh. but you do. We like have this ridiculous guilt. That's even some serious,
2: mum guilt though. I that's know, never I know. Leave she's us. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's that thing for me as well because i had a miscarriage early like first time round i think there was always that thing when i was pregnant with buzz that like it happened well first time round, i felt like it happened so easily and so and then it didn't go to plan so yeah. second time i feel like i felt lucky the whole way through and that i shouldn't count my like
3: count my chickens yeah. you know what i mean yeah, you feel, you do. It's so weird, isn't it, that? Like, there's the all the kind of milestones, like mm, 12 weeks yeah. and all that, and you feel like, don't tell anyone. And I remember, uh, that's when I, at the height of my morning sickness, I mean, I don't know why we call it morning sickness, because it was <laughs> all day, every day. But um, I, I was on telly every morning, and at 6 o'clock in the morning, I remember once, and I couldn't tell anyone I was pregnant, because we're not meant to, yeah, are we? Because yeah. then we jinx it, apparently. <laughs> Whatever. And I was throwing up. Like I, the only thing I could get into my body that morning was watermelon. And uh I literally our vomited watermelon across the studio moments before we were about to start the no. six o'clock news headlines. And and I was like oh, but and and you could see my co host was just looking at me, going, like, are you hungover? Uh you yeah. and I was just like Like, I was trying not to, like, whisper where where I was wearing a mic connecting me to all the gang in the gallery. But I just thought, I can't... Everyone thinks I'm hungover (laughs) or I've got a bug. And if they think you've got a bug, everyone avoids you and says, go out. And that's how I was, like... I ended up saying, which was just... And then I suddenly felt guilty. going, Well, that's it. Now that's it. I'm gonna miscarry. Or it's so ridiculous. And yeah. you, you put yourself under so much pressure. And I think even like for our partners as well, th- then they feel like they can't say it to anyone either because then they might jinx it. It's a ridiculous. Well, there's pressure so many things, things isn't there? It's like not being able to say or hear the word
2: miscarriage when you're pregnant because that will jinx yeah. it. It's the twelve week thing. For me, I think every day I progressed into the pregnancy. I felt I felt at ease, but I think I was so up, a hundred percent anxious that by the time I got to the end, I did feel well. No, and then I think it ramps up again towards the end. Your anxiety yeah. of, you know, but did your when did your sickness go? Ah. Oh.
3: Is it? I mean, it felt like forever. You're selling
2: I, pregnancy right now.
3: I'm <laughs> really sorry, everyone. Um, I remember though, like one of the hottest days of the year as well, and I was lying on a sun lounger mm. in our in our little back garden thing, and uh, and I felt so sick, and I was like, I can never do this again. I don't want to do this, and uh, and but it lasted. I think it was about four months. I had it for. Wow. It felt like forever, and it was quite a long time. But I remember. When it it went, it was amazing. And, and it was did it literally leave... just go suddenly? Yeah, kind of, it did. And it was really funny because it was a couple of days before we went on holiday and we booked this really lush holiday to Bali. And I was like, what, you know, a proper poncy holiday, but so amazing to go and do. And I didn't feel sick and I could eat this really... And I was like... Oh, my god I can eat all this food and I wasn't because I barely ate anything I was living off cheesy what's it's like oh you I, don't want to be being sick cheesy what's it i know, <laughs> I know but that's oh. all i could eat and then uh, and then anyway the funniest thing happened so we went on this holiday to barley and, and we went snorkeling and we went out on this boat snorkeling with a load of other people it was like one of those tour things you pay for yeah. and um the boat the driver of the what, what do you call a person who rides a boat the pilot cap- the whatever Captain? cap yeah i don't know anyway that fella was like right everyone i
1: don't
3: know sorry he was right, right. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna keep saying the words and he was like um you're gonna get you might get seasick on this and i was like, oh and you know what everyone on the boat including my partner got really seasick apart from me and Ooh. i was there just like get in i'm not even feeling sick on this now <laughs> so yeah it was it, i felt brilliant after that like yeah. morning sickness pure hell after that though i did feel great when well, you were able to start to going that. to the gym as well yeah well this was really weird I mean I wasn't going mental at the gym I was just doing a bit of stuff and you know I had a a personal trainer I did it with a friend actually and we we've had this personal trainer for Yonks who's a a mate basically who who teaches us stuff and he um he just did really like low resistance things but I had loads of energy and it really helped to kind of give me more energy because I was still filming all over the country so I was still traveling everywhere and and so I wanted to try and keep fit. And also, because I wasn't drinking, I was just like, I feel really empowered to just get strong now yeah. and give myself the best labour possible and all of that, you know, my best chance at giving having the baby, mm. like, in an all right way. And so that was kind of, yeah. I had this weird thing. I think it was my, well,
2: pregnant with Buddy, where so i was i was working on Lorraine at the time and i was doing this different take 5 i was doing a take 5 segment where we went up and down the country like you and i was doing different challenges but even though i felt like because i was pregnant i was so invested in them movement like even more than i would yeah. normally be like i was doing Beyonce dance classes at 6 months pregnant and doing bell ringing and stuff like that i think there is something for me about being pregnant that makes you feel superhuman you're growing yeah.
3: life yeah i know it is it is funny that do you know what i did as well which was amazing is a uh, pregnant belly dancing have you ever tried that no. oh it's dead good cuz I, I mean i would have automatically assumed you couldn't wiggle your belly around when you've got a baby in it cuz you, you know they'll be damaging and actually it's really good and it's really good for your pelvic floor which we all know so much yeah, about when you've yeah. had a baby and yeah so I did pregnant belly dancing I loved it because it was you got a sweat up but you were also dancing so you're having fun and you weren't harming the baby but it's a thing pregnancy belly dancing so if you if you are pregnant and thinking of something you want to do then uh, that I definitely recommend that it was really fun I love that yeah how did you feel
2: going towards your labour Were you worried about it? Like, I felt like I didn't really think about what came after other than having to wash a few baby grows. But actually going to the hospital and having baby in my arms, like getting to that point, that was where
3: most of my focus
2: was.
1: I'm
3: one of those people who kind of tries not to think about things like that. I I mean, it's always good heading into birth. I'm just not going to think about it. (laughs) Well, we didn't (laughs) didn't do anything. We didn't do antenatal classes. We didn't do whatever all those breathing things are. Like, because I just, I don't know. I I kind of thought, I actually thought to myself, I don't want to know. I just, you know, want to get on with it. And And my philosophy has been, and this might sound so ridiculous, but it's got me through a lot of things, is to think... So many people have children. If they, if you know, if they can all do it, why can't I? And that's the thing that got me through, like, when I had the baby and she had all her, you, you know, all the kind of dealing with wind and all that yeah. malarkey and being up in the night wondering why they're screaming and, you know, and trying to have a normal life as well. I kept just, I've always just said to myself, right, suck it up, sister. Uh, everyone else can do it. Why can't you? So get on with it. And And I think... And that's kind of how I treated the whole actually giving birth as well is just like, just suck it up and get on with it and just don't think too much about it. So, yeah. we, And my partner was reading loads of books, though. Like, she was doing all the, like, the library of books everyone has and I was just like... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. It's funny, isn't it, the different roles that you take on. Yeah. But I think as well, like, for the person who's not having the baby... Mm it's so important to you to like have the bond and understand everything that's happening to your partner and it like for them it's I think it can be even harder because if you're the pregnant one you know you've just got to stay healthy and all of that and you can feel movements and Mm. you know if things don't feel right or if they do or whatever else and your partner just has to kind of like Guess and try and work. Do you look? Does she look all right today? I think she yeah. does. Yeah, is everything all right? They don't want to ask too often because they don't want to do your editing, but they don't want to ask too little and then not look like they're caring. I think it's quite hard to be the the partner of a pregnant person. And what was it like having her in your arms for the first time? Yeah, I mean. I mean, I was uh, amazing. I mean, my partner held her first before me, which was really lovely, and and cut a cord and everything and all that jazz. So that was great. And, I mean, I was just so disorientated about the whole thing that I... I think I wasn't even that bothered about holding her, if I'm honest, <laughs> to begin with. I'd just thrown up on myself, and I I just <laughs> I was like... Ah! Um, but... Yeah, but it was incredible. I remember just the first night just staring at her yeah. in the like in the little crib thing next to me, just staring at her going, wow. And I remember her looking back at me at one point, but obviously we know babies sleep mostly for the first, <laughs> about the first three months. And uh, she was just looking looking back at me and I was like, whoa, this is really weird. It's that weird you, disconnect, isn't it? <laughs> it's that thing of, so you've been
2: in me. So it's a weird feeling knowing that your bump is that human.
3: So, yeah. you know, connecting the dots yeah. is quite, it takes a while, I think. Yeah, it does. And it's funny because you 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 are strangers in a way. Mm. And so you, you, you know nothing about this child. You don't know what their personality is going to be like or anything. So you, to me, it was a bit kind of like looking at an alien to begin <laughs> yeah. with. Because I was like, <laughs> I don't know what's going to make you laugh. All I know is I have to feed you at this point. And uh, <laughs> I don't know anymore, but but it yeah, it's it it is really amazing as well when you have a baby. Obviously, your your world, the rest of the world carries on, but without you, yeah. And you just stop in this bubble. And I I've never stopped. You know, I've literally worked since I was fifteen and barely had only just for holidays. And even then, I'm on my phone the whole time. And this was just like stop just enjoy this time and we did and it was so nice yeah I mean it was hard as well because it- you know, as a first-time parent, you're so anxious about everything. Mm -hmm. Like, we bought every gadget going. (laughs) Like, we bought this thing that, like, a little sock that you put on a foot that tells you if the oxygen levels dropped and all this malarkey, which was dead good, but equally, you're just paranoid the whole time and constantly checking if she's breathing. Everyone does this as a first-time parent, don't they? You just, you're, like, convinced you're not going to be able to keep her alive, convinced that, you know... They're going to suffocate in the night because you've been warned three million times about cot death. Yeah. So you, you spend your whole time, and yet there's other times where I was like trying to get her to sleep and holding her, and then once I fell asleep with her in my arms and she fell asleep on me, and then I'm like, <gasps> I woke up, I'd literally dribbled on her head, bless her, <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god, I could have killed her. And you're like, See <laughs> so yeah, it, and it's, it takes it just to relax and go, Ah, she's still alive. Actually, we made it through that bit. It's fine.
2: (laughs) I I think the fourth trimester where you're... There's such a big transition for you as a woman anyway because all of a sudden your responsibility completely changed. Like, the responsibility is massive. And getting to know this little human who... Their only way of communicating with you, especially in the first six weeks, is crying and screaming. That's it. That's all you're working with.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny how that cry changes as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it, yeah, it is it is incredible. I tell you what's amazing as well is you know, we were talking about my parents yeah. and you know, like was I close to them? And and I was trying to explain we we're a funny family and that, yeah, we we get on great, but we're ne- we've never been like close. We don't I don't ring my mum and go, Oh, this and that, you know, we're kind of quite independent from each yeah. other. But since having the baby, I cannot get rid of them. I mean, they hate like it's brilliant because they, you know, look after it when I'm working. But equally it's like they are obsessed by her. <laughs> so they, they walk into the house and they just beeline for her. And they, you know, it's and I think that is gorgeous. The grandparents, and uh, it's just mega. Like, I've loved that bit of it, is just seeing my parents just so in love with yeah. her and... You know, I mean, she's, I'd worry she's going to be spoiled by the end of it all, but (laughs) that's what grandparents are for. I had a a comedy moment though, where the first time we left the baby with my mum and dad, me and my partner went away for a night. And the next morning, you know, anxiously rang, How would she, how has she been? And, you know, has it all been all right? My mum, Yeah, fine, yeah, fine, fine, great. So, you know, um, did she, did you, did you feed her in the night? Mum was like, No, no. And I was like, what? She slept through? Oh, no, no. Um, She woke up about nine, so we brought her downstairs and we watched The Shining. And (laughs) and I was like, The Shining, the horror movie? She was like, yeah, yeah, she really enjoyed it because of the little kids in it. And I was like, what, those evil twins? (laughs) And I was like... And, And I remember at the time... Sorry, go on. There is that weird thing, though, with parents
2: where you're like, do you, do you not know how to do this how how how, would you, yeah. how have
3: I turned out okay <laughs> yeah 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 totally I I, I know and we, we laugh because my mum's dead funny and that she I think she's totally forgotten about having me because oh she didn't bring me up because um I remember her saying oh you were such a good baby you slept all night from the minute you were born. And I was like, that's physically impossible, ma'am. You have to feed a newborn baby, like, every couple of hours. I didn't. I must have woken up. No, 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 you did. And then um, when our daughter started teething, my mum goes, hey, I don't remember you teething. I just remember one morning I noticed you had all your teeth. I was (laughs) like, ma'am, that didn't happen. (laughs)
2: How have you found the the juggle of being a mum and working?
3: Uh, yeah, really hard. Like, really hard. <laughs> because I didn't appreciate, even though it's so obvious and everyone said this to me, I didn't appreciate how little sleep you would get. Yeah. And that is the hardest thing. And also, like, the kind of forced route... Well, not forced. We've created the routine. But routine, as everyone knows, is absolutely key. So... And I, my friend actually stayed with us for a while with her little baby. So I actually had a bit of a trial run right. with a friend's baby. So she'd split up with a partner and ended up living with us for a bit. So we had this baby in the house. So it was ace. So I, I learned quite a lot. And she had this really strict routine. So it was like, nap this time, whatever. And I used to be like, no, let's leave her up for a bit. We'll do this and this. And I remember coming home one night and going, can we get the baby up to see? No, you can't. She has to stay in a routine. And then now I am fiercely like that to the point where I go mad with my parents. Like today I got back and I was like, and the baby was still asleep. I got back about half three. And I was like, oh, great. So she's had about an hour and a half, has she? Well, no, not quite. We put her down about, and I can feel my blood vessels <laughs> going. Oh, we need routine, so because um, so it's routine, the knock-on effect.
2: It's the yeah, knock-on it effect. The of that
3: happening yet? Yeah. Exactly, and they don't have to deal with that because <laughs> they've gone home by then. Uh, so, so in terms of answering your question, like routine now is brilliant, but it's just the night time, and then yeah. you know the times when she sleeps through the night, amazing. And then you get to that, you know, you have that, and that's amazing. Then all of a sudden, teeth start growing, mm. and you're like, "Oh my god!" And and then, like the other night, she was awake, pretty much on the hour every hour because she was uh, struggling with a little teeth. Bless her. Well, I think it was that, and also yeah. she had a cold and blah blah blah, all the usual. And literally, me and my partner were like, and we we were brilliant at tag teaming, and so you know, like we you doing it night where,
2: nights. Do yes, you take it we turns, swap.
3: Yeah, yeah and. And so we did do that, but then now she's been sleeping through the night, we were like, right, let's just go back to normal. So, you know, we were together back in the same bed, like just trying to, and so we were both woken up every hour on the hour and then we kept going, it'll be fine, she'll be all right after this, back to sleep, woke up again. And the next day, obviously I had the show to do and my eyes were like at the bottom (laughs) of my face. My partner had a really big day at work as well. So the pair of us were just exhausted and I just was like, right, I've got to, but you you still get through it, you know. I still get did a good it. show and you just you feel rotten and you you know, you wanna claw your eyes out and mm. <laughs> but but yet yeah, you still get through it. And and again, I that's when I give my mantra in my head going, Well, you were the one who said you wanted a baby. <laughs> this is what babies do. <laughs> you were the one who wanted a job. So I, I do that little talking to myself thing where I just get on with it, love, and then, you know, go into work, do the job, and then there is nothing better than going to bed at like half seven. <laughs> Some bliss. nights when you put the baby to bed and then you're like, yay! But I do you think there's bed. something about when a child
2: doesn't sleep at this point. Because yeah. I think when it's new, when, you, when you've got a newborn, you expect it, you're not doing your normal work. You know, yeah. you're kind of, it can't be hell. Like I liken it to hell the first time with Buzz. But when, then things kind of settle and you're out yeah. of that. And it, there is a bit of normality and predictability with when they're going to get up. And then all of a sudden, when that goes out the window, when they've got a cold, when they're teething, when there's
3: a four-month sleep regression. Oh, my
2: gosh, did you have the four-month sleep regression, Julie? Yes.
3: Oh, my gosh. But then now we've just flipping seen, my partner accidentally was Googling in the night, the 12-month sleep regression. So now we're both like, oh, (laughs) no. (laughs) So, yeah, that because we were really smug at about three months When she was sleeping through the night, I was so smug. I remember my agent rang me going, right, Steph, we've got this work coming up, potentially doing that. Oh, yeah, I can do it all. Baby's sleeping through the night now. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Then about three weeks later, please, I can't do anything else. Don't give me any more work. (laughs) And he was like, oh, it's the baby waking up in the night again. And he's a dad of three. So I was like, yeah. Yeah, so it is. I mean, it's, but it's so brilliant as well. Like that, that coming home and, a little person being there who's smiley and fun and she's just started walking as well. So oh. we're like literally making a walk all the time. Like, come on, you know, we're <laughs> FaceTiming grandparents or whoever, family members. And they're like, right, come on, let's walk again. She's like, oh my God, will you two <laughs> ever leave me alone? <laughs> so it's, it, yeah, it's lovely. And I, and I genuinely love seven o'clock now because then I know she will be in bed. Yeah. And then it's like seven o'clock. Wednesday night takeaway. Ooh. Yay. So we've just had a Chinese and we've just watched Shits Creek and felt normal. Because we stopped watching telly for a bit and would just going to bed at half seven because we were like so tired and because of our jobs. And then actually we recently were like, we need to just do a bit of telly again because that's what we used to do. We used to look, you know, before the baby, we used to do a box set and... We're like, let's get back into that again, and actually, it's been really nice because it is like kind of us time, yeah. Uh, even though we're not really talking because we're watching telly. <laughs> oh, I mean, if, if our feet are touching, then that's lovely time, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, it is funny, isn't it, though? These like things, and I think, like, we do as well, we're quite good at trying to do date nights every so mm. often as well. So, um, when my parents stay to look after the baby, we're like, right, let's get out of the house. They're busy watching Coronation Street and all every other soap going. Yeah, they're shining. Uh, right, let's go out for a few. And even if it's just for, you know, an hour or two, yeah. it's so nice to just go and sit and we kind of go, right, let's try not to talk about the baby for a bit. And then we just, you go, oh, that's who we are. Amazing. Yeah. I forgot. you. that's our opinion on various things. And that's what, you know, it's just nice to do that, isn't it? But it's easy not to do that as well. Like yeah. it's easy to just get into a... Has she done a poo today? Yes. Okay. What did she have for her lunch? Okay. Did she eat? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And and um. But you know, we're all learning, aren't we? That's how I think. I just think I've still got so much to learn. I look at other parents and think, oh my goodness, like yeah, I could learn so much from you and. And that's the nice thing as well is just knowing there's lots of parents in the world and you can google things in the middle of the night yeah. and I can absolutely guarantee someone's been through the same thing. You know, you <laughs> can relief, google. That relief yeah. when you start
2: googling something and it comes up and you're like, "Yes,
3: yeah. someone else has been in this situation." <laughs> yeah. Like I'm surprised people don't tell you more about poo colors in the first week yeah. of a baby because honestly that that is surreal. Mm-hmm. All the different poo colors you go through. I was like, "Our child cannot be OK, because this just doesn't look right. <laughs> then you Google it and you're like, wow, this is a thing. Black tar and then green and then yellow and then what? <laughs> yeah. And then is it curry-like? Is it too curry-like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the amount of conversations that we've had about poo, it's unreal. Yeah, Oh, no, that's, I know. Honestly, that I think that's the question I ask the most every day. Whoever, you know, if my parents have looked after her or... My partner, I'm like, right, okay, did she have a poo today? What was it like? Okay, was it? And my dad was trying to describe it to me today. And My mum went, eee, Steph, your dad was shocked by the poo today, you know? And I was like, really, why? Rather than laughing, I'm like, really, why? What was it like? And he was like, well, it was like a patty. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh my god i can't believe we're having this chat but that that's that's the way of the world now isn't it it's just things you care about that you didn't think you would but, but
2: that's the thing though isn't it? that's why it's important with your partner to keep connecting on a level that isn't about you know you've got two really busy careers that isn't yeah. about the kid and all the all the admin and organization that comes with that and the worry over milestones and things just having that time that's completely separate
3: yeah yeah, totally. And also, each other to have your own things as well. Yeah. So, like, where I mean, I'm really lucky that I'm in a great relationship where we both go and do our own stuff as well. So, you know, like I am now doing little exercise classes and things. And that for me is really good to go and have that hour, like for my mentally more than anything, just to go and do a class and go and sweat and not think about things for a bit. And equally, you know, My partner loves reading and so I'm like, just go off and have a bath and read in the bath and I'll do everything and I'll go and see your mates or whatever it is, it's kind of, well, we can't really see anyone at the minute because of all the restrictions, but just giving yourself those moments on your own too because you can easily not have a minute to yourself as a parent. Also, I think otherwise it just feels
2: so relentless. Yeah. Just that constant. I think that for me was lockdown actually. I found Mondays very hard in lockdown. Just that thing, oh, it's the same. <laughs> Do you
3: know what I mean? Here's another yeah. day of refereeing. Let's go, <laughs> you know. I don't know how you did it. Like anyone like yourself who had toddlers or, mm. you know, kids of a fairly young age at home where you can't just sit them in front of a screen or whatever. It's like, I don't know how. Yeah. how you did it because I don't know if this happened with yours, but like some of my friends were saying, their kids started like creating imaginary friends and started turning (laughs) all their toys became their friends that they weren't seeing anymore because they were you know missing their mates and so they were creating their own little worlds and I was thinking god like kids have actually had to deal with so much during all of this and whatever age they are really Mm. there's some you know it's just really hard for parents to have kind of looked after their kids' heads as well as their own, as well as doing the schooling, as well as doing the working from home, as well as, you know, trying to keep calm in the middle of a pandemic and everything else. Well, and remembering
2: to be kind to yourself because you are in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, yeah. don't
3: judge yourself too much. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because, quite frankly none of us could have ever have expected this, so why on earth would yeah. you be expected to handle it perfectly? Like, you know, just do what you need to. Is motherhood what you thought it would be? I've got no idea. Because you, you're you told so much, aren't you, by everyone, before yeah. you have a baby, that it, I just kind of let it all go over my head. Like I say, I didn't read any of the books or anything, so I didn't... I thought that I wouldn't be, like I say, As I'm quite strict, I think, as a mum, and I didn't think... I would be strict, but actually, because I can see how important routine is, I am quite strict. And I didn't expect to be that. You know, I, I'm more of the fun time one. So like most of my mates with kids, I'm like the fun the fun auntie. You know, right, everyone goes yeah. around and you have loads of fun with Steph and we'll jump in on trampolines and we'll be making chocolate crispy cakes and having too much sugar and all of that. And now I'm like, no, that's not going <laughs> to happen. All right, kids, we're going to have carrot sticks. All right.
0: And so on.
3: And all my friends are like, What has happened to you? And I'm like, I now know why you don't give your kids sugar and jump on trampolines for several hours. I do think
2: that part of motherhood is remembering the mother you thought you would be before you became a mother and then trying to become that a little bit more like that mother. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah. (laughs) If you could write a letter on motherhood, any letter, who would you write to and what would it say?
3: I suppose I I think I'd probably write a letter to my parents about how impressed I am by how they've got me to where I am. Like, in terms of, you know, now I think now I appreciate, I'm like, Mother, my mum being a mother so much more because she had me when she was really young and she was at nursing college and everything like that and my dad was at college as well and, and I'm, you know, 38 and got all the kind of security of money and everything else behind me and my career and stuff and I just think, so I definitely if we were doing the kind of heartfelt letters I think I should probably say thanks more to my parents if I was writing a motherhood letter to someone to tell them about what to expect Yeah I would just literally say, do it your own way. Yeah. Because, you know, you can say things like, have a routine and all that jazz. I just think, find what works for you. I've got a friend who doesn't have routine at all with her baby to the point where she just puts her down whenever she wants to Mm. sleep rather than set times and doesn't put her down if she doesn't want to and all that. And that works for them. So stuff it, like, whatever works for you. So just... Do it your own way and know that a gazillion women before you have done it. So if they can, you can. And all of those women are different, and all of those women have different amounts of money and different amounts of support and different views on things. And actually so many have done it successfully. So you will as well. I and I think that. that's that's the key for me. Yeah, do it your own way.
2: You must have <laughs> had a lot of time as well doing the job that you do, you must have had a lot of people giving
3: you a lot of advice because you're meeting a lot of people. It did my head in a bit, if I'm honest with you. Because the one thing that really annoys me that people kept saying to me was, oh, well, you know, your life's going to change when you have a baby, Steph. You won't be able to do all this gallivanting round, you know. I'm like, I'm well aware of this. (laughs) Like, (laughs) oh, well, you'll see what it's like when you have a baby. You know, you won't be able to do... I know! Like, I think it... I felt patronised, actually. And I think I felt patronised as a a career woman, like, to be constantly told, oh... You know, and it was from people who didn't know me as well. Mm. They would just be saying... I know, I'm sure they weren't weren't being mean, but I felt patronised because I was like, I am well aware that I can't do 75 jobs when I'm doing... Oh, I've got a baby. But, like... Let You know, I, I, that's, I, I'm aware. You don't need to keep telling me that. Yeah. You don't need to keep saying, oh, you can't do all this then. I know, I know. I'm, I'm repeating <laughs> myself a million times, but that's basically because that's what people <laughs> kept doing with me is constantly saying the same flaming line to me. Um That, that definitely was a frustration, yeah. was just being told, as if I wasn't going to be able to do it. Like, yeah. it was a bit like, right, well... Well, we'll just see, shall we? (laughs) Well, I think you Um, you kind of proved them wrong anyway. Well, she's still alive as we speak, (laughs) I think. (laughs) There we go. Steph, (laughs) I
2: end every podcast with you completing three sentences.
3: Yeah, okie-dokie. Being a mum means... Being a mum means... Never knowing what's around the corner, but... Always knowing that there will be this person you love more than anything in the world that you will do anything for, and that blows your mind. Since having a child, I? Have not had enough sleep. (laughs) But, again, feel privileged to actually have a child when so many people, you know, struggle to have a child, I feel totally privileged that the reason I don't get enough sleep is because there's this hilarious human in the room next door who, uh, not my partner, <laughs> the baby, <laughs> who um, who just, yeah, brings so much joy to so many lives, like not just mine, but the family as well. Like so yeah. many people get joy from her and that that's amazing. And I'm happy when... I'm happy when I am at home with my partner, bathing the baby, knowing that we've had a great day and she's going to bed soon so we can have our time together as a couple, but equally know that she's had another lovely day. And that's when I'm happy, the bath time. The bath time is just brilliant because she just loves baths yeah. and it's really funny. And we make our laugh loads and she makes us laugh loads. And that's when I think, I've got this every day for as long as she'll let me bathe her. <laughs> <laughs> Which is eighteen. You're
2: still trying, no, Mom, <laughs> yeah, like no. Shut the
3: door. There's a lock on the door for a reason.
2: <laughs> Steph, thank you so much. You've been a delight to talk to. Thank you. Oh, you're
3: welcome. I've loved it. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Take care. Bye.